Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. My name is Amino Hassan. That right there is Big Jerv. That's Black Trey. Today on Bomb, we got... Let's talk about why we really here, man. Why we really here, man. Tell us about this book, man. I, this book. I appreciate it, man. I feel like I've been working on this book since Hove and, and Nas were beefing. Really? <laughs> it's been a while. And you feel like that? Yeah, so long ago that, that Amin was still playing basketball. Because I think I told him about it back in the day uh, okay. after we had played once. So it's been a long time coming, and it's something that I'm really proud to finally get out there. It's a oral history on the rise of hip-hop, and it's spread across the country into becoming one of the most, the most uh, dominant musical genre that we've seen and how it rose from nothing in the Bronx and how it's different permutations – uh, manifest manifested across the country so you get something like gangster rap in LA and trap in Atlanta and crunk in Memphis and so you're just uh, covering, Miami all, you're covering all 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 genres and in, in, in different uh areas and and the, and also the dominance time periods because you know things just change up you say you have over 300 interviews yeah yeah in I do last three years that's work man <laughs> you know talking talking to rappers and asking for them to, you know, give interviews for free about, about their life and career. That wasn't the easiest thing to do. <laughs> but there was... Everybody wants a dollar too. That's the thing. Cause it's like, you know, but also feel a slight if they're not mentioned, which is yep. so funny about it. Yep. It's like, it well, I asked you, but now you're trying to come with a price of like, Oh, well, you're not about to make a buck off me. And it's like, nah, man, I'm just trying to document history and these things. And you got the voices of Ice Cube, Ice T, Bun B, Marley Marl, Grandmaster Cash, Just Blaze, Killer Mike, Ryan Fest, DMC, Curtis Blow. Man, like, who's your favorite to interview out of the 300? So before this, I had written a book on The Wire and oral history on that show. And I remember just so vividly talking to Ed Burns, who had co-created that show. And it was just like I was talking to one of the, most smartest people I'd ever met, right? He is just this curmudgeonly guy, but he has this perspective on the world where if motherfuckers just listen to this guy, the world would be a much better place. I got that same feeling 
when I was talking to Cool Modi. Mm. And he's a guy who he's at the beginning of hip hop, but he kind of stretches different generations and he studied his history and his place in hip hop, hip hop's place in this country so much. So he was talking about how he decided not to boycott the 1988 Grammys when so many others did. He talked about how it seemed like Public Enemy and NWA, NWA were coming face to face and corporate America seemed to back NWA instead of that social conscious group coming out. He had just had so many jewels of knowledge that I was like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, is this an a interview or is this a, a class that I'm sitting on, on right now? It was one of those. Oh, yeah. He had grown man bars. Grown man yep. bars. Yep. Who was the most difficult? The most <laughs> difficult? There, there was a couple people who I, I tried to get stuff for them and just for whatever reason, they just were not into the interview. And I can understand that, right? So some of these people have had their stories told so many times. So I would have loved to talk to somebody like Nas, right? Mm -hmm. But he has a documentary about himself that he produced or somebody like Rakim, mm -hmm. you know, he has a memoir that he already wrote and their stories are told. So like I talked to Scarface and I was really juiced wow, to talk to okay. Scarface, but he just didn't give me anything that I could use. He just had answered, I guess, the questions too many times. But mm -hmm. even in that type of note and that, you know, it stinks, it stinks, but their stories are out there. But I was just as happy to talk to somebody like Edwin Fletcher, who helped co-wrote the, the message, like one of the most influential songs ever. And I talked to him before he passed last year, and he was just really, really enlightening. Or somebody like Monica Lynch, who was one of the leading female executives for Tommy Boy, who helped get Africa Bombada and who signed Queen Latifah and who's done so much in hip hop. So it was also talking to people who maybe were not as well known as you know, the monumental figures of hip hop and artists, but who had just as big of an impact almost. So while we were um, allowing uh, Trayvon Edwards to, to treat us as a diva that he is, you know, we had the pleasure. We yeah, we had the pleasure of, of of you know chatting, and I was pleased when you uh when you when you let, gave me the information that I needed is that you know Philly gets a little love in, in, in this book, you know. So what would you talking to Schooly D? What was that like? Like you know what I mean? Because I felt you know I told you I feel like he's a person that doesn't get enough credit for for having the impact that that he should have the respect in hip hop. Yeah. So let me ask you this also in Philly is. Is Schooly really recognized as the originator of gangster rap like he should be? It depends. It depends on who you talk to. Um, if you talk to people my my age, you know, not really. We kind of we kind of associate the gangster rap with, and it sounds crazy, but with like beans, be beans and, and state property, because that's the era that we grew up on. But if you talk to someone like my cousin who's who's in his 50s, the 80s was more of a you know, his time to shine, you know, kind of, sort of, I mean, all day it's schooly. Like you, you can't talk to them without, without, without hearing about schooly. Yeah. So schooly originated gangster rap when he, in 1985, he came out with PSK. What does it mean? And that stood for Parkside Killers. And it was really hip hop's first graphic hardcore street song. And right after that, Ice-T kind of bit his style for six in the morning. And then NWA or Easy e did it for Boys in the Hood. So it was like one after another after another. But it started in Philadelphia. And he, he was funny, man, talking to him. He was 
he had some he had one quote in the book where he's like man after a while i just got tired of explaining myself to people like i was just documenting what i was seeing but they always wanted me to to explain myself and it's like johnny cash that motherfucker don't have to explain himself it's like I tried to do that for as long until my face got as blue as that bitch in, Char in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> that was his quote. <laughs> Man. It's one of my favorite quotes in the book. Yo, I'm mad that you gave Jervis ammo. He uh, Look, you on mute, man. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. Get, man. Hey, listen, hey, hey, listen. I don't agree with the last guy that was in charge, mm -hmm. but hey, maybe he's right. Maybe, you know, certain things do happen in Philadelphia. Brother, I mean, listen, we out here just birthing. Hey. You know the greatest crazy? part of hip hop. You know what's crazy? I've never heard a Schoolie D song, so I have to go listen. You never to heard it. PSK? I've never heard it in my life. I'll tell you this, bro. You've heard it. You just don't know. You don't realize you've heard it. Like you, okay. if you, if you've never, if you may not have heard, you've heard it in a movie. Okay, a hundred percent. I'm not saying it as an offensive part or like, oh, I'm just no, no, I got you. Or so, like, again, I was talking to Jake one other day about like, bro, anything that comes across your plate. Please send it to me. Like, I'm trying to learn and listen. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. It's not even, it's still some movies that I haven't even seen. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, pretty much I got to check out. Like, uh, he sent me Rhythm of Life by James Mason. I never heard that album before. He sent me uh, Satin Doll by Bobby Humphrey. Another mm. album I've never heard. So, you know what I mean? Like, just different things. Uh, and it, I think it started with mainly, I think it was... Uh, who was I talking to? I think, I, oh, Cortex. I stumbled upon Cortex and just seeing how many times it was sampled by rappers. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so many. Ross, Freddie Gibbs, different people have used Cortex. So that's how we sparked that conversation. So it's not like, oh, I'm just saying like, oh, like, no, I don't know what Scooby D is and I'm not about to go. No, I'm about to dive deep into it. And I think that's the good thing about Jonathan's book, mainly is it's going to, especially once you get into your 30s and your 40s, the age of information is right there. It's like, oh, mind-blowing. Or like, didn't know. Like Sade having um, Sweetest Taboo be about heroin. Or motherfuckers didn't even know that Sade was a group. You know what I mean? These things are starting to come out. And you know what I mean? Like, and that, that, that makes Wait, you wait, wait, wait. You said Sade was a group? Yes. It's a group. It's a band. Shut up. Yeah, go look it up. It's not wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wow. exactly. So those are the things. And I think that as we dive into his book, we're going to be able to just pick different interviews and different stories. And it's not one of those things where because it's it's chapter-wise, right? Where it's like covering, you're gonna be able to just open a book like the Bible and be able to be like, ah, let me tap into this era, or oh, I'm gonna tap into this era and learn different things because obviously. You know, the OGs have either been locked up or they done passed on or being our age, we were just too cool for our uncles and our cousins that's older than us to actually have that conversation. I'm just now starting to talk to my dad's brother about my uncle, basically about shit that they was wearing, the shit that they was listening to, the shit that they was doing. Like, that's how I became a Rams fan, just talking to my dad's brother, basically my uncle, about which team they rooted for because I didn't know nothing about my dad like that. So just now getting that comfort and, and being at their age now where they was and being more informative. So learning about Schooly D and more about Ice T, like I'd rather read about it, but I'm also a documentary buff. So 
this is just this is something really dope. And the fact that you got 300 of these things, I, yeah. Easy I love that perspective, Trey, because I feel like that's what the book is. And that's what I try to do is provide this kaleidoscopic look of hip hop throughout the years. Cause no one book is going to be able to capture like everything in hip hop. Right. Mm -hmm. So this, I try to like drop in and drop out and hit crucial moments and crucial mm -hmm. figures and keep it moving and provide that education because hip hop is so big right now. But back in the early 70s, mid 70s, they didn't know that it was going to become this huge, huge thing. Right. So there's so much confusion and, and not a lot of history on how this whole thing actually started, which is another thing that I try to, to provide with this book and giving some of those originators and pioneers the do that has eluded them for so long. Yeah, it's a weird parallel like the NBA and hip hop, too, because you got like those OG players like you know, Jerv likes Charles Barkley, but then you think about the doctor, you think about all these players that were really doing their thing in the 80s and they weren't making these big bucks. And they were like consecutive all-stars. They were like, they did the moves first. They did everything first. And like, now you look at them and maybe they have a team job or maybe they're an ambassador, but like, they're not, they're never going to see the money that these guys currently are making. And that's the same thing with rap. Like you're looking, you're still like, Oh, you know, like LL Cool J invented the GOAT, you know, like acronym of that. Like people don't know that. We say GOAT all the time. We're calling somebody a GOAT. And it's like, go ahead, Jer. No, you know, it's funny. You, 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 by you mentioning LL, I'm a big LL fan, right? Mm -hmm. But like certain aspects of LL, right? But I also recognize that some of the stuff, some, some of the, the songs he was making just wasn't for me, but I always recognize his greatness. When you were talking to all these people, you know, all the interviews that you're doing within the book, right? Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com slash dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. What's the per if if this even came up? What's the what's the perspective on on L right? Because like if if they if anyone was talking about him in in particular, like what's the perspective on him? Because I don't feel he's one of those guys that's very vocal about 
yo, I'm I'm the best to ever do it. But when you talk to people and you really go into their, yo, who's your, who, who do you think is the best ever? L's name, right, right or wrong, doesn't really come up that often unless the person's of a certain age group. Yeah, I think he's one of the people who, if you know, you know, and he's considered one of the GOATs, right? But he's not somebody who continued dropping an album like every other year or so on after that. Like when he when he burst through, when he was like 17, coming through on Def Jam, yeah. he was taking over hip hop. I mean, he was reinventing the wheel right there. Like hip hop had never even really seen a solo star on his level. Like before that, you had mostly groups, right? Yeah, you know, like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, or you had Run DMC was a tandem. Obviously, he was maybe Curtis Blow a little a little bit before him, but LL was one of hip hop's first solo stars. And the combination with him and Rick Rubin in those mid '80s, then he was dropping love ballads right when nobody else in hip hop had done that before. I mean, he yeah. had the game cornered for for a little while, mm -hmm. but you know he's he's an actor. I mean, Ice Cube hit on like yeah. a very important point where he said, no rapper really has more than a five-year run and you have to accept it. You know what I mean? Like I, maybe Drake, but I'm looking at it like still there is people that are in consideration. We don't think about who is like, even when Jay-Z was like doing volume two, X was right there. Yeah. You've got another person that's still kind of like, my ex might have had that year you know what i mean where he's like oh i gotta work a little bit harder and you really think about that and ice cube was like that's the main shift of like i knew i didn't have the pulse of this that drove me into making friday and getting into pivoting into other things because you have to pass that torch and how the game of music is going because think about the bling bling era right and you think about rough riders you think about cash money and it's then no limit jerf no, hey, they listen. Cats know what it is with me, bro. I, I, I was a, I to, yeah, when I was in high school. When, when I think it was, um, it was a slam. Whoever, whoever was doing like it might have been Double XL. They came out and they had like the top, whatever rappers, right? Like they ranked the rappers, and they had like Silk the Shocker at like. 10 or 15 right so i'm super duper no limit so i'm in school i'm like yo i told you silk the shocker is nice mm -hmm. i was dying on that hill i go back and listen to silk the shocker now bro i hear, <laughs> I hear everything everyone said he's super duper offbeat and this is no shot at silk i legend right like legend in his own right in his own right for his impact and, and the movement that he was a part of offbeat wasn't really saying anything, right? Like, literally, was benefiting off of Big Bro is this Big Bro's the guy, right? And Big Bro is making sure that I get ten to fifteen amazing beats, and I'm getting features. You ride that hot hand. You keep pushing it out because when you hot, you hot. When you not, you not. And that's the main thing. If you look at that, right? Cash Money, Rough Riders. Then we got The Rock. Then we got Little John. The East Side Boys, and then the South had a run. Houston came in. It was Atlanta to Houston. Then game came out, and we had one little sprinkle. And then before that, even that 03, Lil John and them only had a window because 50 and G on it. It was really yeah. a sprinkle. It was a splash of like, get low, fun club records, and then who is this dude rapping on West Coast beats? 50 Cent. He'd been around, but Drake produced it because anything Drake touched, you're going to get attention, right? 
Yeah. You got there. Then you transitioned to the next thing, which was Houston. Little Flint, Mike Jones, Chameleon Air. They had their little run. Then the next thing going to um, two, late 2008-ish. By little runs, you mean like they had a song, right? And again, this no, is no, no shot. It was a time where <laughs> yeah, they were like getting those features. You had to think about like how hot these. Okay, you mean are. the features? Okay, I got you. I got you. When you look at it, like they got an album, they do the numbers, they go platinum, they're on the radio, and now they're getting these random ass features. Because that's the thing you have to look at when you go into 06 mixtape Lil Wayne. Yep. Right. He's killing it. Then people are like, okay, what's next? Okay, going into that, we got T Pain. Doing all this other stuff. Then we got Jeezy. Well, Jeezy was even 05, but Jeezy was a part of that in the, the ATL stop. And then we got Gucci. And then now we get to 2010s, the, the uh the blog era. And then now you're moving on. Now you Trey, got did you write this? <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? I said, did you write this book? I did not <laughs> he, he, he won go he won ghostwriter credits. Hey man, no, I'm just a fan, man. So like obviously. Um, I love music, but I definitely want to know beforehand. I'm I don't know anything about the 80s, I don't know anything about the 70s. I barely know something about the 90s. DJ Quick is my goat. Oh man, I love DJ Quick, criminally you know underrated. Super criminally, underrated. as a producer and an artist, criminally underrated. Yeah, I mean, I push it all the time. Obviously, Jay-Z is one of my favorite lyricists, you know, but DJ Quick from my hometown. Doesn't get enough credit. I wish he would have gave Hove a better beat than Justify My Thug. He flopped it on that particular moment. But um You think that was a flop? I don't love that song. I go okay. back and listen to it and it's just I mean, it's cool, but like when you think of a quick sound, it's a lot of piano, it's a lot of Roger Troutman, it's a lot of you know, twisting a little funk, you know, G Funk era. Warren G doesn't get a lot of credit. It's a lot of producers that I just think that was just really, 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 really dope. And yeah. um, Daz Dillinger, throw him in there too. Daz Dillinger. Daz Dillinger is really, he's a quiet one right there. I would love, I'm mentoring a, a guy right now named, by the name of Huey Briss out of Long Beach. And I would love for him to connect with Daz and, and, and put out that West Coast sound because West Coast rappers right now sound like Detroit rappers. The best rappers right now, and we talk about who's hot. Detroit rappers got it. Easy call. Baby Money, uh, Babyface Ray. I mean, Topside. Uh, would that be Jones. considered drill? Me? Would that be considered? Well, not Bodie, no, but not drill. They just okay. got they, they sped up. They rap fast. The beat mm -hmm. is, you know, you know and dudes, that, dudes they, are doing the That whole chopper legacy mm -hmm. of the Midwest. Man, shit! Everybody in Philly sound like that. Everybody in Philly sound like drill rap now. I mean, I get it. But y'all even twisted a whole new sound, too. It's a it's a kid that's real hot right now. Uh, it's called uh, Too Rare. Too Rare. He from Philly, but he do that little... Y'all invented that. That dance? That's oh, Philly. Yeah, that's Philly. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> you got me back on thinking about DJ Quick now. And I remember in college, I had a roommate named Mike P. Mm -hmm. You remember Tonight? Yep. When he says... What does he say? Like, like Mike P couldn't handle it. Call it Earl like a mother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he used to play that every night before every going day. Out. And it had that uh, what's her name? What's her name? She passed away. Is it Betty Wright? The two night sample on there. Uh, I gotta, I gotta uh, look it up and see who else was on that. Two night. Mm -hmm. But he was sampling that. 
You know what I mean? Like, yep. and that was the thing. Like, you know, and Quick, obviously, you know, he's one of the, one of my favorites, man. Just that sound. Even when he hooked up with Tony Tony Tom for Let's Get mm -hmm. Down and Lucy Let's Pearl. I mean, he was doing some crazy production. But I, I know you guys talk about Atlanta on here, the television show. Let me ask you guys this. When you guys saw that, I think it was the third episode of this season when he was trying to get a young white young white artist mm -hmm. to, to go forward. Like the I was watching that episode. I thought, man, how true is this? Like people like realizing like their window is so short and that's what it is in, in hip hop today. The window is so short that you try to, somebody like, like Gucci, he has all these other artists who he mentored out in Atlanta because mm -hmm. that window is short. You try to capitalize on it with the next generation, generation after that. Yeah. I mean, the main thing about even the mentorship is you can get that feature guaranteed. If you yep. want to drop an album, that's why I said when Noriega was doing those early stuff and now when he's doing Dream Chat, people's like, oh, you a legend. It's just playing your part in them type of things. Because once he did Reggae Thone, the little. Oh, the man, we don't, we don't like to talk about that. I mean, he made some bread off that, but, you know, I mean, but I'm just as saying, a Nori like, fan, we don't we don't like to talk about I mean, that. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm more, you know, Melvin Flint, the hustler, Nori, but still recognizing those parts you play. And I think that's the cool thing about it. Cause even when you think about um, little Bibby from Chicago, right? He had juice world. You don't even really think about how people are like, Oh shit. Like I, the industry did me kind of shady, but like, I know a little bit and I can put a little bit money and get these guys started. And then it just takes off and you just find out certain guys is just behind certain people. Cause that is, it's just a, a, a great thing. Um, before we let you go, where can people, when, when is the book coming out? Where can people find the book and where can people find you? The book comes out October 18th. You can get it. Come up wherever books are sold. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Cop it when I drop it. Just always want to say that tag. <laughs> uh, my Twitter is JPD Abrams the love y'all for black trait big gerb i'm amino hassan saying stay black motherfucker